0: G'day everybody, welcome back to Metaphysics of Fiction. I am your host, Lewis Briffer. And I'm Jack. Today, we are going to be talking about a very favorite movie of mine, Kong Skull Island. Today, we will be talking about how Kong actually can reflect some of the other characters that are represented in the movie. And different forms of representations that they actually take, because they're all different forms of people. So, jumping into it. I think that the most obvious reflection, in a way, that Kong takes is of Samuel Jackson's character, Colonel Packett. They're both people that have seen a lot of battle, they've gone through a lot of hells, because this is taking place almost at the very end of the Vietnam War. So Colonel Packett has obviously gone through hell. And Kong has always been going through his own form of personal hell by fighting the Skull Crawlers constantly by himself. So the most obvious note of that is right after the big fight scene where Kong destroys all these helicopters that were attacking the island. And Packet and Kong are just having this massive stare down with each other. They were both the same person, in a way, in that moment. You can feel that they are both the same person in this moment. But at the same time, they are seeing an enemy in each other.
1: Yeah, um, I definitely got something similar. Um, so I, I I sort of noticed that the four main characters, the four main uh, protagonists, all of them are sort of searching for something, right? And then for the case of the colonel, the there's that specific scene just before they get to the island where he opens up his little box of um, war trinkets and he's looking down at them and he's like, I, I've been through all of I've been through all of that for this, you know. He's is just he's just kind of he's he's in my eyes he's lost the reason for why he joined the military. And when he gets to the island in that scene where um the where Kong is uh, swatting down all the different helicopters, it is it there is just a focus on him. And later in the movie, he even goes, "I know an enemy when I see one," and so I think that uh, for, for Samuel Jackson's character, what has happened is he's lost his purpose and he, he doesn't know how to fill it. And this is why he, he just very easily jumps on the mission. It's just like, even the guy on the phone call was like, Hey, listen, um, you're going home tomorrow. Like, are you sure you want to go to Skull Island? And he's like, yeah, no, I'm waiting for orders. I'm, I'm, i'm ready to go let's go and um and and the entire time while he's on the island he is he is driven to fight the enemy he it's the only thing he knows to do it is is it is his purpose that he is filled in
0: yeah it's not even just that um when he meets mason weaver brie larson's character he actually said the words we didn't lose the vietnam war we abandoned it and that made him also feel like he lost a little respect in like the people that got him to fight the war, and that felt like like that felt like a massive loss. So he was absolutely determined to take down Kong because he didn't want to lose
1: again. He didn't want to feel like that failure. Yeah, his his enemy was taken away from him. There's also like a little bit of history around that, like because during the Vietnam War, the Americans were um, they they essentially pulled out because of. Um, uh, political disputes happening on American soil and yeah. whether or not they should or should not be in Vietnam. And so they pulled out from the Vietnamese, um, from the, from the, uh, yeah, from the South side. Yeah. yeah but yeah. like, but yeah, like he's, he's, he's searching, he, he's lost his purpose and he's searching to try and fill that void. And the only thing he knows to fill it with is an enemy. He knows yeah. that he, he knows that as long as he has an enemy in front of him, he has a reason to, to move forward. And then along comes the big hairy monkey. <laughs> and I think like, it's kind of interesting as well. Cause something I noticed with Kong as well is I think that there's a little bit of an idea of Kong taking sort of what those four main characters are searching for and, and protecting and like perfecting it. Sorry. Mm. Um, and so in Kong's case, right. Kong also, you know, he has, he's searching for an enemy to fight. But the reason he's searching for an enemy to fight is to protect everyone. It's to protect humanity. And that's what the colonel has lost. The colonel just sees an enemy. He's like, I need an enemy because I need to kill an enemy. But Mm. Kong sees an enemy and he goes, I need to get rid of this guy because I need to protect these people.
0: I actually have an interesting theory about if... Let's say if Kong was actually real, I have an interesting theory that He would actually do something like that. He would actually protect humanity. It's been confirmed that Kong is the last of his kind. There were a lot of giant apes like him, and they're all gone now. I feel like Kong would actually protect humanity because of a sense of familiarity he would have with other humans. He would be alone, and then he'd find these tiny creatures that stood upright, have five fingers, five toes... Four fingers and a thumb, five toes. Um kind of had the same body structure. They're very similar to him, so he'd probably feel like a, a form of kinship with the humans. That's why he'd feel this need to protect
1: them. They're like his they're the last of his kind they're also the last of his kind. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a good in uh in-universe way of rationalizing why a giant monkey wouldn't just destroy everything. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is metaphysics of fiction, man. We talk about how things seem
0: fictional, and we could actually see and explain it. We explain the stuff that doesn't really need explaining. That's what so, we do. <laughs> so, so
1: talking about um, the the reporter character. Yep. So, what do you think about her? Because if if I were to categorize all the main characters as they're searching for something, I would see her as searching for something to save.
0: Mm, yeah, does you actually see that when she's trying to help out that ox that was um pinned under that helicopter. I mean, there was no way she was ever going to move that. Mm-hmm. And that moment is actually where Kong reflects Mason, that she's trying to she's trying to help. So Kong also helps. Kong um Kong lifts the helicopter right off. I also mm-hmm. think that she's a good representation of curiosity because the not, the next moment when she interacts with Kong, is when she's just on the edge of that cliff with conrad um tom hiddleston's character and Kong's just kind of moving on towards her and like they're just curious about each other they just want to see what each other's like
1: Mm. i i i think um because also um they they talk verbally about different feats um she's accomplished as well um where she's documented um different human rights um, violations, um, different war crimes or something uh, throughout the throughout the world um, during that yeah. time um but the one thing uh, that I see in her character is that she's really quick to abandon uh she's really she, after she's helped, the person she's helping she's quick to abandon that subject right so before she got on the boat to skull island she was meant to receive um an award for her journalism right and Mm. um and she she's on the phone call with the guy and she's like no i'm i'm going over here i'm going over here because this seems interesting like all these reporters are saying the same thing that obviously means they're lying like i gotta get on this boat and, and get over there and um and and with the ox scene as well, she's she's very narrow, right? It's it's there's this ox, it's hurt, it's pinned under the plane, and I and I gotta help the um I gotta help the ox, but and again, this idea that Kong sort of perfects what he's reflecting, that Kong is um he's not very narrow in what he's trying to save. He's not very narrow. He's very focused on what he's trying to save. He's he's spent all this time on the island just sort of dealing with this one singular problem.
0: Mm. Yeah, while
1: yeah, well, she has gone from topic to topic.
0: Well, you kind of want that type of um that type of personality trait in the journalist, one that's just that doesn't think that well, here's my story. I'm going to focus on this for the rest of my life. You got to get to the next one once I've dealt with this one. So mm. you got to look at it kind of like that. So, so it kind of makes sense.
1: Mm. Yeah, true. But I mean, you know, she could have pursued. Um, she could have pursued the different uh, places she's been a little bit longer. She's could. Have, she could have stuck with it a little bit more. Um, mm. But she sort of she nearly leaves it every time it's about to be completed, at least in the verbal feats, like we don't actually get to see much of that part of her, other than her developing photos um, yeah. but verbally this is what I got from her character and her story
0: yeah, you can also kind of like um, when it comes to reflection you can also tell that in a way Kong does have like his own code of honour in a way, like um, like he likes to physically reflect, other, like he likes to pick up things from uh, other humans so that so he like watches humans and he picks things up you can actually see this during his fight with the big skull crawler in the final battle when he picks up the tree he li- he actually picks it up and rips off the twigs like he's drawing a samurai sword like the guy at the very 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 start the japanese guy from world war II that landed with um john c riley's character so he kind of like Kind of has a way of the warrior thing about him. Like he picks that up, and like he learned how to do it. He learned how to pick it up and do the whole sword thing. And it also kind of reflects like a way of honor from the um, from all the soldiers, from particularly that uh, Japanese guy. Because the fact is, the Japanese hold honor, the idea of honor, very highly. And Kong didn't really have to help out these particular humans. He's putting his life on the line against this creature. And uh, he's going to keep fighting it, even though he could just let it go, kill the humans. Yeah. While it, he's in fact, wrapping up those him.
1: humans, not only a couple hours ago, just nuked him with napalm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so he really had no um, obligation to actually help them. He just did it because he has his own sense of money. He feels like he's got to protect these guys.
1: Yeah, and I, it kind of fits into the archetype of, um, of the warrior monk right? Mm. Um, so uh, the, in, in sort of the Eastern tradition, there's, there's these different sort of archetypes that go in a cycle and one's like a warrior, one's a monk, one's a priest, one's a, uh, a, um, a, uh, what's it called? Uh, a philanthropist or, or seller, um, a, a commerce kind of guy. Um, yeah. I yeah, no for right. <laughs> um, yeah and, um, and, and, you know, as a, Another example of like a warrior monk would be the Jedi's from Star Wars. They're warrior monks. They're they're people who have a code of honor. Like they are they're, they're trained soldiers, but they have a um they have a philosophy. They have a a a code they live by. Um and I I think Kong reflects that uh, quite oh, a bit yeah, as well as, as a kind of warrior monk.
0: Yeah, definitely. That actually does make a lot of sense. Another piece that Kong reflects was that downed soldier, the one that was in the big helicopter and gets separated from all the rest, so he has to wait there for everyone else to get him. That's that moment when both he and Kong are in the lake and they're just kind of washing off their battle scars, and um, they really do kind of—they really reflect in that moment because the fact that they are both two people that don't want to fight anymore; they just want. He just want the soldier just wants to go home to his kid, and because he was all ready to go home, he had his new job lined up, he had his son waiting for him, he had his wife waiting for him, and Kong just wants to just mosey around the island. He just wants to be safe. He just wants people to be safe. He just wants to. He just wants to be at peace. So that is actually I really like that moment, and because it really does show how hard Kong actually has it and that he he really just wants to he just really wants peace he just wants to eat his giant squid
1: (laughs) yeah well i mean they're they're very on the nose with the reflection in that scene um, because um Mm. they 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 both they both uh put their finger in the water in the same way and they and they both Mm. satisfy themselves in the same way um and and yeah there's there's definitely that overarching theme of just an isolated soldier you know they're then they're, they're just stuck there by themselves and they have to fight it out and um and that's and that's what they have to do mm. And they, they can't do anything else uh, it won't let them it it literally won't let them like with Kong. the octopus just comes out of nowhere you know and the skull mm. uh the skull crawler I think they're called Because the skull crawler comes out of nowhere for yeah. uh for for uh the soldier
0: oh yeah that well that part it, like I remember seeing that in the when I first saw in the, sort of the theaters and it just comes out yeah and it's like and that was like right after that giant centipede in a log thing. And that was like, I'm still wondering what the heck that was all about. I mean, why? He just takes a couple of shots and then walks the, off.
1: <laughs> the log was sleeping and it was like, oh man, like, you know, why are you sitting on me? And then it just walks away. It, it, oh, why, are it, it, why are you shooting I think it's implied that's where the the, the skull crawler um, uh, got him. Um, I think that yeah. it ran away because because yeah, he turns around them. as well and he's sort of like a little bit like, afraid and shocked.
0: Yeah. It probably didn't get far because um, in fact I remember um, I remember reading a comic for Kong skull Island and they described their skull collars as a type of creature there's a word for it I can't remember what it is but it's a creature that actually has to keep on eating like it can't stop eating otherwise it could actually die like its metabolism continuously goes and goes and goes and keeps going so he is constantly... Burning off fat, mm. so it has to keep easy. So that probably, they probably didn't actually get far.
1: Yeah, they they but, have a bit of um of dualism going there with with the two creatures. Um, I, it like it's a monster movie, and like obviously the opposing sides, but it's a it's a little bit thicker than most. Um, because the the skull crawlers, they they live underground, right? And mm-hmm. the only thing that they do is just pure violence. It's it's pure killing. It's uh it's it's almost a game mm-hmm. for them. Um, where Kong is, um, you know, on top of ground, um, and usually there's, there's the difference in mythology in terms of the underworld, um, chaotic, uh, violent, um, uh, dark, evil, things like that. Um, yeah. We
0: actually, we actually hear that from, um, John C. Ryler's character, Marlow, when he uses the line, he got Kong, he's God around here, but the devils live below us. I yes. love John C. Riley's character. He was cool.
1: I, I, I kind of like... There, there was a moment in the movie where he starts talking. I'm like, oh, so you're the character that explains everything to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I couldn't think of a... I can't actually think of a reason as to why he would be there and alive. Like... It was confusing having him there. Um, well, of
0: course, you always need that character to explain everything because he's not actually explaining g- things to the
1: other characters. Yeah. He's explaining things to the audience. yeah, there were, there were there were a couple of times where I was I was sort of taken out of the movie and I was like, oh, they're speaking to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: so,, uh, what about Magneto? <laughs> What's this got to do about anything about Magneto, because <laughs> <laughs> he's he's the guy that plays Magneto. I I don't know any actors' names, uh, by the way. I know no actors' names other than Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, Doesn't see and... Riley never played Magneto. I mean, it, no, isn't he? Ma- yeah, he's Magneto in the um in the X Men movies. No, he's not. That's Ian McKellen and Michael Fassbender. So they must look exactly the same. Then, my God! All right, so Which I, I know none. Are you talking about the old Magneto or the young Magneto? The young Magneto. That's Michael Fassbender! Wow, so I literally- he looks exactly the same to me! He looks nothing like him! He looks exactly- and he sounds exactly the same, it's that same British accent. (laughs) He's not even British! John C. Riley's full-on American! Well, well, well. So, what do you think of that character, the Hunter, then?
0: Which which hunter?
1: Um, you know the uh, the tracker. Um,
0: oh, Conrad, Loki, right? Tom Hiddleston, the good looking. Wait, hang on. Are you talking about Tom Hiddleston looking like I'm, the guy that plays I'm, Magneto?
1: I'm talking about the guy they find in a bar in. Korea oh, or something. I thought
0: you. Were, I thought you were talking about the guy that. Um, I thought you were talking about that World War Two guy. that crashed. No, of course uh, not. I, it's, okay, so that make, that mistake makes a lot more sense to me. Okay, so, okay, that's where, okay. But still, that's not Magneto, that's
1: Loki. He looks, that's Loki from he the he Thor like movies. like Magneto. I didn't, listen, it. I actually, I actually don't like the Thor movies so much that I completely forgot <gasps> that that's Loki. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hot take three, coming here. I don't like Thor. Number three, I
0: get number, like number three, I don't like it either. Number one I, was gorgeous.
1: <laughs> I don't like one. I don't like two. I don't like Ragnarok. I really hate Ragnarok. I don't like any of them. Anyway, anyway. So what do you think of Loki?
0: (laughs) I liked Loki's character, but I think he was kind of unutilized to what he was actually supposed
1: to do. Uh, In terms of Kong or in terms of Thor?
0: (laughs) No, in terms of Thor, he was great. He Uh, performed Loki perfectly. In terms of Kong, like... He was probably. I felt like he was meant to be that whole mysterious warrior type of deal that has all these years behind him, doing all these nasty jobs that makes him an incredibly competent guy. But the fact is that, that was never really explored, and I think that's also because despite all these things he does, actually, this is actually now that I think about it, this is probably what he was meant to have. Like he was meant to seem like this guy, and then they actually they put him in all these situations where he's done all this crap, he's survived all this crap, and then he thinks he's seen it all, done it all. That's why he's listing all these things. That's how they're going to kill the guys when they go to see him. And then he goes to this island, and he is completely on his toes. He, he, he knows he's screwed because how the hell can anybody know how to live on an island with giant apes, big skull lizards, Giant oxes and the sword birds. God, those things creep me out.
1: So I, um, I understand your confusion because I was confused up until the end of the movie as well. Because if I had to categorize him as um, oh. as someone who's searching for something, then he's the guy who is who is. S- He's he is actually just looking for something. He's either looking for something for I couldn't decide as to which one it was. He's either looking for a way to escape or he's looking for something to search. He actually doesn't have meaning in his life, mm, and yeah, you can kind of tell this. You can kind of tell this in a couple of scenes where um where he, one he talks about how he's talking about um his dad and he's talking about how you don't really um you don't really escape the war. Um, no one really gets gets out of the war. Um, mm. And I, I think that, you know, him being ex-Special Forces, even though he's ex-Special Forces, he's still dragged into the war zone. He's still dragged in as a tracker. And he's yeah. still dragged into these conflicts. And he's just trying to look for a way to get out of it. And I think what the movie... Um, either they forget about his character and they drop his arc um, at the stargazing scene. Or they're trying to make a statement where, well, I mean, sometimes you just can't find an answer. You can't find an answer. You can't find a new purpose. You can't find a, a way out of the situation you're in. Sometimes um, you're just going to be stuck searching and it's, it's very foggy as to whether or not you're going to get out. Well, using that logic, then,
0: then that's full on his uh, reflection of Kong. Like, like, as you said earlier, Kong can't find a way out. He's stuck doing what he has to do. Mm. So technically with Tom Hiddleston's character, Conrad, he he's also stuck. He's going to be stuck in this endless cycle because he can't find his way out. Just like Kong can't find his way out of his war. They're both stuck in the never-ending cycle.
1: Yeah, like oh, yeah. I would say that that Kong's perfect reflection of of that character is that he's just accepted that this is now his purpose. Like probably Kong wants a way off the island. Kong probably wants a, a way to stop fighting the crawlers or to or to stop them entirely, but Kong can't find a way and so he's now stuck in this perpetual searching. And so what I think at least with Kong is he's just accepted that this that this is his life on the island. That this is his that this is what he does. This is his purpose.
0: Well, that's all going to change very soon in the 2021 movie Godzilla
1: vs Kong. Oh, <laughs> God, I am so looking forward to that. How are they going to get him off the island? Like they've I- set it up so so well that it's like oh you know it's it's a perpetual typhoon that's around this. Island. I don't know. I think it has something to do with the, the uh,
0: Godzilla movie King of the Monsters. It had like uh, King Ghidorah who actually was a storm he like maybe he turns it off somehow maybe uh... don't worry i'm not gonna get you to watch king of the monsters because you're so scared
1: of big monster movies oh i i mean they're just so boring <laughs> what the hell's I'm just, wrong with them i'm waiting for the action scene half the time i'm just sitting here and i'm like trying to like do these analysis of the characters and then the action starts happening. I'm like, Oh, yay. CGI fight. <laughs> it's the, f- it's the first time I've ever said Big yay CGI, CGI fight. Up. <laughs> um, so bit, uh, that, that, th-
0: that th- is a tricky part.
1: Yeah. Th- there's one last character um that, that um, I can talk about at least. Um, I don't know about you. And that is a uh, Fred Flintstone. <laughs> have, I've written him down in my notes
0: you mean the um the guy that got the mission approved and uh yes john goodman that's yes. not fred
1: flint no wait that is he, fred Flintstone he, he is fred Flintstone that, that is an old movie and i love it
0: oh my god how old are we again
1: <laughs> yeah 26
0: it's so yeah. sad i know 25 i'm right behind you and did you know, you do know he was
1: also solely on monsters inc right
0: mm-hmm yeah okay just making sure just clearing that up yeah, yeah, yeah I like a lot of character.
1: um really amazing voice work over the years oh.
0: Yeah, John Goodman. He's just great.
1: So what do you think of um, of his character?
0: Well, he is the character that they would use to bring everyone together because it was his, his idea. But he's also the one... You're right, he is, he's the one that's also searching for something. He was searching for Kong. Mm. Like, he's the type of guy that would go searching for something because of some purpose or drive right behind him, which was that the attack that he survived on the boat. So he made it his life purpose to find something else like it, but then he regrets it when he finds it.
1: Yeah. Um, he he is, he's definitely a man who is searching for something to, he's searching to prove something. Mm. Um, and uh, you, you can see that in the bunch of scenes, like, you know, when he's talking about how he was the only survivor on the boat and he's trying to convince everyone that monsters exist and, and all those kinds of things, um, but it's it's kind of funny because um, I know I've been saying this whole time that Kong has a sort of perfect reflection of all these different characters, um, but this sort of theme of proving yourself isn't reflected at least in Kong, at least not explicitly. And I think that's um, I think that's a little bit intentional, where mm. it's not it's not about it's not about proving yourself. It's not about proving that you're right. Um, it's it's just um a matter of fact. It's just it's just a it's a brute fact, it's a truth. Mm. It's um it's just a reality, right? It's not yeah, something you need to prove, it's just existence. Yeah, because
0: Kong knows that if he's not around to fight the skull crawlers, then they're gonna run rampant. He's yes. the only thing holding him back. That was actually mentioned by the um by uh, John Goodman's assistant uh, What the, what's that guy's name um, uh, Mills he actually when they find out that Packard wants to kill Kong he actually does say that if you remove a creature's natural opposition then the other one is just going to go nuts so if you remove Kong then the skull crawlers are all going to go nuts hmm. and now that uh, Kong's taken out and then the big one comes along and almost kills Kong and Kong manages to kill the big one by ripping out his intestines. I remember when I was in Peter's saw I, that. I actually almost threw up when I saw that. I was like, Oh! 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 God! That's graphic and so awesome. <laughs> and, um... Like you said, it's a matter of fact. Kong has to beat these guys. Kong will beat these guys.
1: Because he's Kong. Yeah, he... he... Kong doesn't need to prove anything. It's just him simply existing is proof itself. Um, him, him just protecting the humans is proof that he cares for the humans. um it, mm. it's 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 nothing that he needs to go out of his way and do. It's something that is just part of him, yeah, it's
0: his purpose. It's his is him being a part of the circle of life.
1: Mm, yeah, and that links and that links back into um, uh, into Jackson's character. Um, where you know his his purpose is protection. Where Jackson is um, has misguidingly has made his purpose to fight the enemy, which is not the same as uh, as protecting people.
0: Yeah, in fact, he outright says that we as soldiers we do the dirty work. The people on the other side shouldn't even know that something like this exists. Exactly. I think I feel like maybe that also could be something of a reference to the Vietnam War that the soldiers are going to do the dirty work and they shouldn't know something like this exists and that that's one of his problems with the um with Mason being a photographer because he actually mentioned that he had a problem with the camera mm. that she was carrying and um he actually as saying that maybe that could have been like a reference to the usage of stuff like agent orange during the vietnam war that really nasty, yeah, nasty chemical yeah the nasty chemical warfare that showed that he was willing to do it
1: but he's also willing to kind of cover it up. Yeah, and, and well, the reason why he's willing to um, to cover up, the reason why he doesn't like the camera, the reason why um, he, he's, he's a bit of an antagonist in the movie is because he needs that enemy to fight. Because if he doesn't have the enemy to fight, he doesn't have a purpose anymore. He has nothing driving him. He has no reason to be there. He looks at his box and he goes, well, is this really all that it was for? He needs to keep going because if he stops, he has to face that reality. And not only that, he also probably feels like
0: he has to win because, as the old saying goes, history is written by the winners. So he could pretty much make his history whatever he feels like is necessary. He can be the good guy.
1: Yeah, and 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 you know, this is and this is something that you can see because um, this movie is is relatively um, old now. It's like five plus years old. Uh, three. Three years. Oh, really? Wow. It's twenty seventeen. I thought. <laughs> well, it, it's something that you can actually see in um in the in in the boys uh TV show, at least in the comics, the the boys comics. Um, oh, you read the boys the, comics. It's similar to Billy the Butcher, where Billy the Butcher can't give up fighting superheroes. He needs to fight superheroes. It, it's oh, it's his yeah. reason. It's his it's his obsession, right? And it's the same with 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 Jackson's character um he needs to fight an enemy but the problem with always trying to find an enemy to fight is you just end up creating them and sometimes you mistake the good people as your enemies mm, if you, if yeah, that is definitely. if that is your sole purpose
0: yeah I'd um I'd probably mention a few things that probably happen at the end of the Boys series in the comics, but I, I don't know if uh, anyone here actually
1: watches the Boys and doesn't uh, want we any could spoilers. We did cover the Boys one time because that, that's a very interesting series I've seen. Uh series of comics. <laughs> uh the comics and the series. Uh, well, the series like again yeah, we'll just another 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 hot take. The TV show season two, not that good.
0: I haven't watched it yet. I've, like, seen clips, so I can't actually believe you on that one, especially after reading the comics. <laughs>
1: um, is there anything else that you gleaned from this movie? One last little bit of reflection,
0: but it wasn't of Kong. It was during the, v- it was during the scene where um, the soldiers were walking, and uh, there was this little bit of a moment that I think was kind of reflective of the Vietnam War itself when the soldiers fought that giant bamboo spider. And um, how it actually shoved its its leg and spine down one of the guy's throat. I think that might have been like a reference
1: to like uh, some Viet Cong torture tactics there. That is that 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 is true. The Viet um, the Vietnamese, uh Cong used to uh, set up bamboo traps. So they would dig a hole, um, and they would put bamboo shards um, in this trap. And sometimes they would put the bamboo spikes on rollers, so it would basically uh, pin cushion a guy as they're going down. Um, and these traps specifically didn't often kill the person. The person was kind of like stuck there and, and they would live for um, a little bit sort of in pain while uh, uh, while suffering under this trap. It, it was a very vicious trap. So yeah, there's, there's a very mm. direct reference there with that spider. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. Especially when you see when Packard was shooting it to death, like that was probably him reliving all of his moments back in the Vietnam War. Like, this, like he probably saw the spider like a Viet Cong. And uh, he just had to kill it, yeah, because it was killing his men. It was, it was, it was literally the Viet Cong as a form of a giant spider. Oh my God, that part freaked me out. Mm. All right, yeah, I think we're going to call it there. I think that's pretty much everything I had to say. Tune in next time. We will be covering the Marvel movie Iron Man, while also going over maybe some of the stuff that he goes through in comics and other TV series. Join us next time on Metaphysics of Fiction. I am your host, Lewis Briffa.
1: And I'm Jack (laughs) Harlan.
0: See you next time. And thanks for tuning in to Metaphysics of Fiction. See you later. Bye.